Welcome to Lipstick Lessons, a weekly podcast on all things fashion, beauty, and sometimes romance. Why, hello. Welcome to Lipstick Lessons. I am your host, Lindsay, and it has been a minute since I have released a public episode and I'm a little nervous, I cannot lie. I have not released one since July 2021, which seems like a long time ago. It, it's now 2023. Happy New Year, everyone. I decided that I'm going to use 2023 to really push myself to get back to where I want to be. And I have had a Patreon for the past, well, since April, And um, I've been kind of loving being able to have that space to funnel my content and creativity into that. And it's just been amazing having that space, but I wanted to share it a bit more and grow it. So I decided I was going to release an episode publicly. So yeah, if you are a little lippy already, you may be. Uh, Thank you so much to everyone who has supported me through that journey because it was a massive transitional period the past nearly two years and I feel like I've come a long way and I'm definitely feeling stronger and more equipped to get back to where I want to be. So 2023 I'm very excited for. This episode is about, well it's in the title, me burning down my house many many years ago but it is a story that I have told on Instagram live before. If you don't follow me it's Mermaid Jade and um, I'll leave it in the show notes but yeah, I I told that story and it's just such a wild story. It's obviously traumatic and was a horrendous experience, but since it's been like over a decade since it's happened, I have just been able to like lol about the ridiculousness of it. Anytime I say ridiculousness, I think of that fucking dumbass MTV show that was always on. I'm like, repeat other shit. Anyway, I use humor as a tool to heal, as a tool to just get over certain events it's constantly my like defense it is my blanket it is it's everything to me I love making people laugh I love laughing it is just so I find it just so healing and having that experience of my house burning down in front of my eyes was wild and the only way I kind of got through it was even as it was happening I couldn't like I couldn't stop laughing like it's that's my trauma response but yeah I was just like this is so crazy I can't believe this happened and I can't believe all the different elements and just the um, embarrassing publicness like I mean I was going around my village and everyone knew me as the girl who burned that apartment down oh there's so many elements to this story so I I decided to just do it in a long-form podcast so that you can listen back if you ever need a little lol and I also think it's a good lesson to to be able to laugh at the the things that life throws at us because what else can you literally do um so on Patreon I have over let me see now I have it written down I'm not very good at maths over 63 episodes is on my Patreon um at the moment it is www.patreon.com forward slash lipstick lessons if you want to subscribe it is six euro a month you will have the archive access to over 63 episodes they're kind of multifaceted like as a whole I have definitely took a little while to find my space and find my voice again um after everything that's happened if you want more information there is so much to deep dive into what I've been up to over the past year and a half um 
so yeah there's over 63 episodes there's so many with my friends I have reoccurring friends coming on like Shauna Johnston Pete Farrell my sisters Claire Balding Carla Kay I have done more serious episodes that are kind of peppered in I did an episode with a guy called Noel Kenny who now works with homelessness in Dublin city centre he grew up in the heroin epidemic in the 90s and he lost three brothers to heroin addiction and he talks openly about that experience I spoke to a Magdalene Laundry survivor Roseanne and she that was a wild podcast she really dove into her experience and it's just insane to look back at the history I spoke to Mir Doring about her book Any Girl where she spoke about growing up in NCAD we were in the same college at the same time and she spoke about being a sex worker and her experience then I also spoke to my friend Hope Adventure who is a really interesting person she has a wild story and she is pro sex work and talks about her experiences living in New York and different places around America and her experiences working in strip clubs and having sugar daddies and famous boyfriends we do it all we discuss it all on patreon that's just a little insight into what I've been doing but if you want to subscribe like I said it is six euro a month and you can cancel at any time when you subscribe if you like the content and want to continue it will just take the six euro out of your account from the date that you set up. So say if you decide to subscribe on the 5th of January, next month it will be out on the 5th of February. So I'm really proud of it. I love the community there. We have a WhatsApp group. So there's a way to make friends and I have big plans for 2023 to just grow the pod. But I thought that I would release this episode about me burning down my house publicly so you get a little taste of what the podcast is like and if you want to listen to more please do subscribe the support has been amazing it has just really helped me through a tough time and I am really excited to grow it more so without further ado let's get into it now is the time (laughs) for me to retell the story of me burning my house down so let me paint the picture I'm just out of a marriage and I'm 22 years old I have blonde dreadlocks to my hips I have a blog (laughs) the internet is fresh and it's a place it's like a hub where like it was you're finding out fashion like that's how I learned about dreadlocks that's how I wore like I wore clothes that I was finding from blogs and I didn't give a fuck I was walking around Malahide looking insane and I just didn't care because I was like I'll cool online though so y'all can just also Facebook was big back then and there was the Facebook event which is now not a thing because of GDPR whatever so there used to be this thing where I'm sure you remember you would like there'd be an event on Facebook and you could attend and everyone you'd know who was going you'd see everyone else who was going and there was like a price and there was like a cheap list so you'd have to comment if you wanted cheap list so this person that I knew from like a scene from kind of like just this I got into this scene actually from a blog I had a blog which back in the day like at that time was kind of rare it was rare to put yourself out in the internet it was weird and just kind of rare and it kind of there was only a few people who did it so you were very it was very easy to find the other people in Ireland who were doing it you know the way so I had a blog and then this other guy had a blog and we met up because like to blogger meet up so the two of us met up because we liked each other's lifestyle and we kind of met up and went out together and he you know I was a young mom I'd never experienced like 
really the nightclub scene too much because in college like an NCAD back then you just went to the college balls and to the pub and then I had a baby so I never like a lot of people from college had moved to Berlin or London and had like experienced more of a kind of like young adult lifestyle where I was straight into from first year of college being a ma and then I had the kid the marriage broke down I found myself just just trying to find my identity and really like severely trying to find my identity like that can be a thing when for me anyway like I because I feel like after having a kid my identity is taken from me so much I like go crazy so I got the dreadlocks I was dressing fucking crazy I was having a blog so I met friends and then there was all these through the blog and then there was all these events going on and I was on Facebook and like cheap listing all these events and there was one particular event that was like this was a real thing back in the day. It was so fun. There'd be these like abandoned buildings or lofts around Dublin that you could rent out and have parties in. And it was BYOB and it would be 15 euro or 10 euro in, 5 euro on cheap list. And it was just this like event that was so fun. A lot of the time they'd get shut down. But yeah, it was aiming to be this really cool underground New York loft style night that I just thought was the fucking coolest thing ever. First of all, it was cheap. You met a bunch of people and my mind right then was like, I want to meet like lads because the scene that I got into through the blogs were all gay guys. And we went to like war and con, which were nights out in Dublin, which were deadly fun but predominantly gay so I wasn't getting dick basically um and these nights that were more curated in the kind of like loft style cool vibe I was like okay this is where I can get lads I'd only slept with like two people at this time I was like dying to get into this was like me coming into my like sexual awakening I was like oh my goodness I've had the kid my mom now knows that I'm a lovely whore I'm having sex so I can actually kind of have it a bit more freely without feeling so bad in my own self now I was still hiding it which we'll get to so this event was on and it was on a random day. It was on Stephen's day, but I fucking love that because I, I am so like that whole, like having Stephen's day. I'd had it a good few times, the Stephen's day in my area, you know, like you'll have Christmas at home and then you'll go to the local pub on Stephen's day. And I would end up kissing someone from fucking school and it would be so embarrassing because you're 20 kissing someone from school and you're like, oh my God, I can't what the fuck and it would just be going around the town so this was like deadly it's in town it's it's in some weird abandoned building it's this night with all my new cool blog friends and um and my mom's mind of the kid because it's fucking christmas and it was just me just kind of coming into myself and i was like the content i can get like i back then i like I do now I always brought like a disposable cameras and I'd be snapping away and everyone was so creative and it was a lot more like you'd get candid photos of yourself like people would be out taking photos of you and then it would be up on Facebook a couple days later and you'd be like oh my god I look so fucking cool and grand and my outfit and you would just, it was just such a different experience and the internet was fun like you wanted to see your image back then because you hadn't really seen it that much you know so so I went to this event and it was cooler than I thought. I had my drink, I had my friends and I knew people and everyone was being like alternative. Like people were going around with big like Mercedes Benz things that they'd like 
got off the car and are wearing it as a necklace like I had like two three outfits it was like that was before the time of fast fashion and like regurgitative fashion like you had a couple of outfits and you just wore them over and over and over so I had like everyone had way more of an authentic style and it was just like your style I always wore my denim shorts I had my blonde dreads and I just felt so cool and there were all these different rooms and it was like art installations and it just was so cool So I was like dancing away, drinking away. I was pretty low key back then. Like I'd be sipping cider. I hadn't gone near drugs. And a friend of mine bumped into an ex-boyfriend of hers and they were kind of chatting. And he had a friend, a French guy called, what was his name? (laughs) What was his name? It was A something. Okay, let's just call him A. So he had a friend. So my friend's talking to her. So my friend's talking to her ex-boyfriend from school. And he has this French guy next to him, A, who I start chatting to kind of awkwardly because they were kind of catching up and probably weeping. And I'm like, hi. And you know that thing you do when you do actually kind of fancy the person that you're awkwardly put up against. You're like, oh my God, this is so awkward. But I'm loving it because you're hot as fuck. He was tall had curly hair and glasses and like real cool style, like a little Dickies fucking open shirt thing. And like he was French, he was from Paris. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. I love that you're French. I love, like I, I, I had a very prominent foreign stage of dating where I refused to go near anyone who whose first language was English and that was just a moment okay that was just a genuine moment I don't know why I fucking loved it maybe I'll who knows well I'm dating a New Yorkian now is that can you say that New Yorkian Anyway, so I was chatting away to him. We end up snogging the fucking face off each other. Now, this is Stephen's day, remember? We're snogging the face off each other, having a whale of a time. And my friend was sleeping in my house that night, so he couldn't come back, So, which, which was grand. I also wasn't in the phase of being so like open sexually that I was like having one-night stands. I hadn't got there yet. So I went home. We exchanged numbers. Now, fully, he couldn't really speak English at all. But I loved that. I was like, oh my goodness, we're French kissing, we're touching. He likes me. I can tell by the way he's looking at me. This is coming from the girl who fell in love with a guy called Carlos Hernandez on her sixth year holiday who could not speak a word of English. And I still have the diary that is like professing my undying love for him. Like I had a thing for a while back in the day where like it it meant more to me if you couldn't speak my language because it was like, I don't, we don't need, (laughs) you don't need words. We're not that basic that we need words to profess our love or our words to connect. I'm such a dumbass, romantic idiot. So I went home and then the next day or a couple of days later, this guy wanted to hang out and I was like buzzed. Again, I had not really gotten, like I had, again, I had not much experience with men and dating and all that kind of stuff. It was so new to me. And I I still was in that mind frame of like I can't even believe that someone fancies me let let alone someone cool someone who owns Dickie's fucking open shirt fancies me someone French fancies me like I couldn't believe that I was fancied so I didn't even think of my own thoughts to these people I was more I was more thinking like what do you think of me I can't believe someone I perceive as cool fancies me I didn't really tap into like my connection with the person or or anything like that. It was just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe someone fancies me. And I would go with that so hard. So he wanted to hang out. 
I was living right at the time. So my nan was in a home. My nan, Nanny Gladys, love her, RIP. She was in a home and um, and she had this apartment. So when we were growing up, my nan had this massive big house in Mount Marion and we'd always go every Sunday and it was just such a like magnificent house and she got robbed and it was horrendous and that definitely triggered like major fucking anxieties in me because of the way she got robbed. I spoke about that before. So she decided to sell up that house and buy an apartment in Manor Heights so she would be closer to like my mom and dad and us we were really close so she bought this apartment in Malahide, and it was like again a second home I always would go there I'd stay over me and my sisters and brother would like eat lunch there and just like have a ball so when she was in the home and I got knocked up one of the reasons for me getting like you know agreeing to the marriage was that my parents said that they would be able to give me the apartment to stay in while I could save for a mortgage because but they couldn't do that unless I was married now again my parents have like progressed so much since then this is like many many years ago but basically in their in their mind they couldn't house me I couldn't have like I couldn't I, I had one year of art college not even one year so so yeah so they were like we'll give you this apartment and you can save you know your rent and stuff and you'll have this fucking glamorous two-bed apartment in the middle of Malahide or else you can not get married and go out on your own and try figure it out and I was just like fuck it I'll get married if it means that I have a house <laughs> so when the marriage broke down I got to stay in the apartment and it was a fucking deadly time I like had it decorated insanely like you're 22 living in a two-bedroom apartment in Malahide you're a mom you have no money you're on lone parent like your house, my house was mad. Like I didn't understand, like now it's taken me many years of like being a homemaker and having, you know, and living at home and understanding how to keep a home. Like when I was 22 and I'd come from my mom's house to just li- living in this apartment, like it was mad. There was shit everywhere. Like it was just a mad, mad apartment. I'll have to put up pictures of it on the Patreon because I do have some on Facebook. Like I had loads of art that I did. It was just a creative hub. I was so like my bedroom, my bedroom was plastered with like ripped out magazines stuck to every part. Like there was, it was mad. There would be like a wig hung from the fucking curtain pole, like fairy lights everywhere, candles. It was like a mad, mad gaff. And it was mine. And my parents just like, I think it presented this image of me like living in Malahide, having the kid and it was all good. So that was where I was. And I was going out and like my parents were allowing me to be really free. I just think it was like their kind of, they were able to kind of monitor me and keep me kind of, I was, I was controlled and indebted to them in a way. So I had to like behave to a certain extent. So yeah, this guy, this French guy, wanted to hang out and I was so buzzed I had a couple of friends come over because it was like Christmas time so I had that pre-planned so I had the gals over then we decided to go down to Gibney's for some drinks and then I was like girls I'm gonna have to dip out because I have a French man coming to meet me for a drink so my friends all left and then I had this guy over who I'd met at the fucking event before so he came to Gibney's and again I wasn't a big drinker then like as big as I am 
as big as I am now, girls. Like, I'd have, like, a sipping away. Also, I was broke, so I couldn't even be fucking affording. So I was in Gibney's, probably had about two pints, and he's opposite me. He comes off the dart with a backpack. Always, if you're dating a foreign man, you better believe they are arriving to a date with a backpack, and that's just a given. Um, And he's opposite me, and I really, like... I was drunker when I'd first met him. So I really, really, I was like, you know, when you're brought right back to like the reality of what was going on when you were drunk, when you previously met someone, like I was like, oh yeah, you, you really don't have a word of English at all. Like we were fully like not able to communicate with words like opposite each other on the little round table in Gibney's being like, it's fucking winter. It's, it's the end of December you know, I basically have fucking Christmas <laughs> glitzy earrings on and I'm like, come to do the bell. Um, you like Ireland? And he's like, wait, so say, you say what? Like not able to communicate. So we're just like there, the two of us not talking but drinking and then I think we drink until I guess we feel maybe we're like, like, I have a habit of copying people's accents and just like emulating the people. Like I'm a bit of a chameleon like that. Like I'll kind of turn into the person who's around me. Like anytime Sean is over, Luna's like, mom always tries to be like Shauna. Like I just have, I, I can't really help myself. So after a few drinks, I was chatting to this French man and I basically felt that I was fluent in French. I was like, so I was like talking to him and then we'd, go back to my house, which is like a little totter away from the pub, back to my apartamento with the backpack. So we get back to the gaff. Me and this French man, again, we're going to call him A because I fully cannot remember his name. It was bloody 12, 14 years ago, 13 years ago. Get back to the apartment. In the backpack, he has lyrics. He turns out he's a French rapper. Um, I think that was the year around the year from what I can remember that it was Sex and the City winding down so it was the the last um episodes of Sex and the City was when Carrie is in France and in Paris and it's like they have all this French rap music over the episodes so I kind of felt like I was going out with the rapper who was singing the songs in the Sex and the City de la belle le bad boy so he was like whipping out the French rap lyrics um, singing away in the apartment, drinking away. Then we start kissing. The language of love, it takes over. We're kissing in my apartment, rolling around the apartment. I have a condom. We decide to have sex. I have a condom. And it's cherry flavor for whatever reason. I probably got it free at some bloody American apparel event. Who fucking knows? I don't buy condoms they either come to me in a way where the fella fucking buys them or I don't know it's in some college package I don't know where the fuck I've gotten college I think when I went for an STI check before there'd be the odd free condom or whatever I just I just they just happen to be there I don't know if they came in a bloody issue of Cosmo like I just had a condom and it happened to be cherry I would never Maybe someone bought it for me as a joke. I'm just saying that like that was not a pre... Like, I'm not like a cherry condom gal. But anyway, so we're in my nan's apartmento. Rilo's in his dad's rare 
this was when his dad was still fucking living in Ireland. So that's saying how long ago it was. And he did used to mind him the odd weekend. So Rilo was in his in his dad's apartment. And this was <laughs> this is what I was doing with my baby free time, shagging a French man. So we're on the couch. I get this cherry condom on and and then we have sex and fucking weirdly the like dye of the cherry mixes with the juice so it looks like I have period all over me he's like are you on your period I'm like no I don't know why I even remember this so we kind of fling the condom off because it's a bit gross that that the dye of the of the condom made my vagina juice red so that's on the fucking floor along with my clothes flung around the place I have two cats okay at this stage of my life 22 Thanks adverts.ie because you can get free fucking cats. So give a 22 year old um, a free apartamento in Malahide and free cats. You know I'm going to take it. So I had these two ginger cats who were so fucking cute. They used to always go on my balcony. And I had a neighbor who like, because it was a big apartment complex, like you didn't know your neighbors. There was no, like, I didn't know my fucking neighbors. But he once popped his head around the corner when I was out in the balcony, like he popped his head around the fucking red brick and was like um oh could you please get your cats to stop shitting on the balcony I was like oh sorry probably won't get them to stop doing that because they just wander freely so sorry about that um anyway back to living my party lifestyle as a 22 year old whilst being next to probably like someone in 35 a young professional like I shouldn't have been in that apartment you know like it was not for me it was like a fucking expensive ass apartment that I just so happened to be in because my parents gave it to me which is fucking gas (laughs) and I was not in any way giving rent to save for the mortgage because I was on loan parent anyway so anyway there's candles around the gaff like I'm like I said my house was insane there was just shit hanging from every fucking there was just shit hanging everywhere and there was art there was paintbrushes and bloody used tampons god knows what was going on that gaff it was wild it was like Tracy Emmons artist studio in a gaff I I just there was also a lot of websites that I was consuming at the time that was kind of like showing into like people's homes in a real like way more authentic way not the way we're seeing now on Instagram which are these like pristine perfect white homes it was like more grungy more kind of like I don't know I guess it was as well the age I was looking at which was like more kind of um people in their young 20s and how they were keeping their apartment so like that's how I was keeping mine it was just so chaotic but kind of beautiful at the same time so we decide to um take our love making into the bedroom so in we go the cats are just catting around the gaff and I'm in the bedroom and I can hear like really loud like banging and crashing I was like what the fuck is going on me and Frenchie are trying to fucking get it on round two in the bedroom with um a non-cherry condom just a regular ribbed for your pleasure durex and I'm hearing all this like fucking knocking around and shit going on in the other room and I'm like what is going on and I'm thinking the cats are in a fight so I open up my bedroom door and this plume of smoke just fills the whole bedroom and all the lights go off and it's like and me and this French man are just naked and we look at each other and I'm like what the fuck and I'm thinking that like is there a power shortage it's Christmas all the Christmas lights maybe there's a power shortage I open up the other room into the living room where we previously had been and there's just fire just these flames 
this hell is in front of me. So many flames by the TV up near the curtains. The curtain is then swept up and engulfed in the flames and it's all black bar these flames. Like there's nothing, you can't see anything by the flames. And I was just naked, stood there like, oh my God. All I could think of was get the fuck out of my house because I'm now going to be caught shagging and I am going to be killed by my parents. So to the French man, I'm like, bonjour, bonjour, look a second, go, go, go. And he's like, what is going on? What is going on? I'm like, fuck off, fuck, just go. And he's like, book the clothes, the clothes. I'm like, go. So I fucking open the front door and I push him out. I'm just like, fuck off, get out of my bloody life, piss off. And he's like, what the go? Obviously so shocked. I'm just like, literally fuck off, fuck off. And then I notice in the hall, there's this fire extinguisher. So I whip that up and I'm like, okay, I'll just put out the fire. Nothing to bloody see here. We can get on with our lives and not going to be caught shagging. That's all I could think of. It was in my head. All I could think of it was like, if you're caught having sex with a strange man who can't even speak English, your mom is going to chop your head off, move you back home and you won't be able to do anything that you want to do. It's, it's all I could think of. I go into the main room and I just figure out how to use this fire extinguisher and I blast it at the flames and within seconds it's gone and I'm like and it's gone and the flame hasn't like dulled even like a tiny amount it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then I'm noticing that I am in a room that's being engulfed in flames and I could potentially die and I'm like what the fuck I'm naked I'm like I open up the balcony door I don't even know how I opened up the balcony door and was able to get out unscathed because the fire happened right next to the balcony door and also there was a big gas boiler thing right I don't know what the how I got out of this alive I'm on the balcony and there's people like the apartments opposite me just like waving their arms and being like are you okay what's going on and I'm like help I'm just like I don't know what the fuck and then they're like is the child there and I'm like, I don't, I, my mind was just like, I was like, is he? And, and then I was thinking, fuck, is Rilo there? I couldn't go back into the room. My mind was just like, not there. I was just so shocked. And I turn behind me and I look at my house and the room, like for the, it's, it's black with flames. And then the same fucking neighbor who only a few days before had been like, your cats are shitting on my balcony was like, do you, do you need help getting over? So I had to like get over to his balcony. I'm butt ass naked, not a thong, not anything. The big, long, blonde dreads dangling as I like climb up on this balcony and he's kind of helping me and I have to climb over to his balcony, like from my balcony, which the balconies were attached bar this like red brick wall kind of separating us to give us some privacy privacy was in no way needed then but anyway I land in his apartment which is no fire which was so weird because it was right next to my apartment and again when I remember this when I had gone to get the fire extinguisher and was fucking your man in the bloody lift and being like piss off and never contact me I knocked really heavily on both of my neighbor's doors who had never even met them Little did I know that those pricks had left without even checking on me and that in fact they were fire hazardous doors so there was no way that they would have even been infected like the fire couldn't go through or whatever. So 
I'm then in this man's house, this neighbor's house, and he's a larger man and he's noticing that I'm naked. So he hands me like a pair of like jeans and t-shirt and he's like, you have to get out. We all have to get out. And I'm like, this is insane that I like, I just don't understand myself. I was like, I can't wear that. Like, no offense. It's just just not really my style, girl. Whatever the fuck he was handing me. Like, what? I literally refused to wear the clothes. I was like, girl, I'm not leaving a burning house wearing that. (laughs) Let me tell you. So he had this kind of like cashmere, like big fluffy throw on his couch or whatever room I was in his bedroom. So I kind of swept it around me to make this kind of dress like you do when you're a kid and you're like look mom I'm wearing a dress idiot like I don't know what my brain was thinking and all I could well all I know for for what I do know what I absolutely was thinking was I just can't have my parents find out about the fucking man I just can't have them find that out that was all I was thinking I have to somehow cover up that I was shagging because you know my mom back then was a lot more like what are you doing? Where are you going? And I was like lying. I was not going to be like, well, what I'm doing is I'm going to meet up with a French guy that I met at a party last week and I'm going to shag him with a cherry condom. That's what I'm doing. Okay, bye. See you. See you tomorrow. I would be like, oh, me and Aoife are going um, actually to a Christmas market in the evening. They 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 uh, they have women knitting, um, impoverished women knitting knitting ornaments so me and Aoife are just going to check that out and then I'll probably get the get the train home and go home to bed so I probably had texted her at like 10 p.m being like night mom I'm off to bed you know it was that kind of I was living this lie I guess of just not being able to be truthful to my parents out of fear of I guess not being allowed to do what I wanted to do which was shag people and just fucking explore <laughs> explore and burn the house down mom piss off <laughs> So I think I was like, so I was with this neighbor and I was draped in this cashmere fucking thing and I was going down the stairs. There was no lift access. And I was like, just uh, maybe just don't tell anyone. And I kept on like repeating this. And then I got down to the ground floor and all of the neighbors were out and it was this bigger deal. And that's when I think I kind of realized, okay, this is actually kind of a big fucking deal. I remember running into the village at one point. I, I don't really even know what was going on. I don't know where the fucking French man was. <laughs> there were sightings of him nude. There were sightings of him nude wandering around Malahide. I mean, I don't even fucking know. So I get in the ambulance. There was an ambulance there. I get in the ambulance and I'm in this fucking, like in this bloody cashmere, whatever the F, TK Max throw. And my dad and brother come trundling into the ambulance being like, what happened? like making it a billion times worse with their like obviously they're so scared and they're so freaked out and and I'm just like oh no it wasn't my fault that's all I bloody know it wasn't my effing fault and um I'm I'm then in Beaumont hospital I'm in Beaumont hospital what happened was it was like tea lights so days before truly days before this fire happened my tv died it was one of those big tvs with the big backs like hunchback tv and it died out of nowhere and I hadn't unplugged it and I put tinsel around it and it kind of sparked a bit and I remember tweeting I tweeted lol I have tinsel around my tv and it just sparked if I had that fucking tweet like still I, I mean I can't even deal but I know for a fact I tweeted that because 
I found it funny because I found it real like Coronation Street to have like tinsel around your telly and the fact that it kind of sparked. I found it so I, I, I had a little laugh and I tweeted about it and I, I loved a tea light back then. So I had, in fairness, I still love a tea light and I have three lights going. You never learn when you're me, but I had three tea lights on the broken telly and I th- that's all I can think of that whatever happened it melted down at the t- into the tv the tea lights like melted down into the tv and the whole thing fucking blew up that's uh, like i mean there was not really an investigation but because it was an electrical fire that's why that fire extinguisher didn't work that's handy to know great um what i should have done is got a blanket or whatever don't take my bloody word for that um but i had to be hooked up to all these things in bowmount like because it was an electrical fire and they had to see if I'd breathed in like electrical shit into my lungs. It was so overwhelming. I was naked. That just that was like another element of insanity that I was completely naked with blonde dreads that were now covered in soot. The blonde dreads were grey and I just couldn't compute what was happening. I was in Bowman fucking hospital days ago. It had been poxy Christmas. I was like, what? Excuse me. I'd only been living at a home for for a short amount of time. I was a new mom. I just bloody had a marriage breakdown and a kid. I was like, what is going on? So I'm then wheeled to another section of Bowmount and they had to keep me there for a while to just check if anything, if I don't know, if I was coughing up some salt, whatever the fuck they needed to do. I was sat there. My mom comes rushing in with pajamas. She had checked the gaff. She says that she found my phone. So she gives me my phone. She's up the wall, obviously. She's like, what even happened? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. It was a horrible moment. And she's like, why are you naked? I'm like, because I was having, I was just about to have a bath. Just about to have a bath. And, and then I heard the fire. So I just had to, I was just, it was, I was just, purely bathing and then you know I had to there was a fire when I was just in a bath just naked because of bathing purposes only mom as she's talking to me and handing me my um my pajamas and whatever the French man is wheeled in and put next to me I'm like keep it down just yeah, don't mention anything, don't. My mom's like what is going on? What is I'm like, yeah, all right mom Okay, yeah, I'll I'll text you when I'm out of here, right? She's like, okay, because I had to stay in there for however long and I had my fucking Blackberry phone by then, which somehow survived the fire. An iPhone wouldn't, let me tell you. But yeah, the Blackberry fucking, my big purple Blackberry um, survived. So I was able to text her whenever I was allowed to be discharged from the hospital. And I got on my little pajamas and then I'm sat next to this man and he's looking at me with eyes so wide, like... What the hell? What happened? I was like, <sighs> Bonjour, comment to Tabelle. <laughs> a flamme, flamme. Please, like, this is not a situation I want to be in. He's butt naked. He has no phone. Everything that was in the backpack is fucking burnt to a crisp. Like, he has no belongings. I shoved him out of my house naked. He only had the hospital gown on, which is tied at the nape of your neck. So, like, you can see just your whole bare buttocks and back. I'm like, I don't really fucking know what happened, but, like, I just lost all my shit. So, I don't really want, like, oh, this is just, like, not a situation. And then he's like, 
like they're asking me how like how is he gonna get home i'm like fucking hell i don't know babe and then he pointing to my mom like if she can drive me like doing the driving motion i'm like no no it's just like fuck off who got the so we go up to bone when we're discharged and everything's fine thankfully thank the lord i was fine nothing happening i i only have a scar on um my ring finger from when i was fire extinguishing the fire one of my synthetic dreads got into the flame and i whipped it back willow smithed it back somehow my plastic hair didn't go on fire like i don't understand i could have been fucking katie piper like i can't even deal so yeah i was like having to get out of the hospital and he wouldn't fucking like piss off like he was like what do we do now i was like in the not able to really communicate way um you know what are we doing how do i go i was like stop with the questions and just piss off out of my life okay i want to forget about this night completely so all i really did to help him like we kind of wandered up to the bowman reception when we left i was in my jammies my mom was on her way and he's completely naked shoeless arse fucking out and we go up to bowman we're like hi um so like I've been in there's my house went on fire and like he was with me in all his belongings including clothing is he has no clothes he doesn't know how to get back to town where he's staying is there any way there's like lost and found and you could maybe give him like a top or something to go home she's like uh I can have a look I can have a look and we're like okay thanks so she goes sauntering off and me and him are just like crazy uh yeah she comes back i'm sorry there's nothing there like there's nothing i have nothing for i'm sorry sorry i'm like uh she said no she said she has no clothes and he's like i'm like yeah oh <laughs> you'll have to just go i mean bye oh sorry sorry fuck off i just like go away i'm sorry about this but can you just piss off so then what she does do is ring a a taxi fucking company and gets a taxi to come to beaumont and get him (laughs) i'll never ever ever not have such a clear image of him walking out of the beaumont doors his bare arse like the fucking hospital gown billowing in the wind to reveal his full ass to get into a taxi with no money a french-speaking man his mother was visiting (laughs) what did he say when he got in the taxi how like did he did he kind of like fold the back of the gown so that his bare ass wasn't sat on the actual chair like bum to car upholstery like there's so many questions there's so many questions anyway off he fucking went and then it was time for me to face the fucking music and reality of my new life which was oh my god you have no home or belongings (laughs) like you have no like you actually your house burned down what the fuck happened my mom collects me and the reality just sinks in of like she's saying all this shit to me so 
we've called this person and, this, and the insurance is this and it's like looking like there is nothing left there's really look at like, like like there's no I was like okay okay I just need to I'm really try, I okay yeah I'm trying to just digest this I can't but I just need to sleep and if you could just let me sleep so I remember we drove back to my house my hair was gray my mum filled up a bath and this was so like Victorian my sisters both like washed me naked as I wept in the bath it was so grim and this soot was just streaming from my hair but it still looked so grey because they were dreads so it was like not able to you're not able to fucking wash your hair normally I had to wash it like a hundred times with fairy liquid till they looked blonde again and bleached them a thousand times and I lost about 20 fucking dreads triggering as hell um and I was so tired and I just wanted to sleep and not think about it and I remember being in my kitchen and being like to my mom and dad could you just please I just want to sleep and then we'll go to the house and we'll we'll figure out like we'll look at the apartment I just need to like not do that right now I need to prepare myself I need to sleep and if we could all just respect that now I was only thinking about the remnants of this sexathon I'd had and this date that I'd had this sordid tale the reality of this lie that I was withholding my mom was like what happened what where were you what was going on I was just like like I told you I just went to the Christmas fair and you know just doing wholesome simple things and then went home and was gonna have a have a bath and then there was a fire and that's why I was naked so you just need to stop asking so many questions she's like I just don't understand her crap and I'm like okay well just as long as you don't go to the apartment and see the two wine glasses that's all I need you not to do so I'm just gonna go up to sleep so had the crying bath and into the bed I got and I slept and then I woke up after a few hours and went down to the kitchen and the house was quiet I think my sister was just kind of on the big family computer and I was like where's mom and dad she's like oh they went to the apartment and I was like serious why 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 I was like the fucking one I just wanted to like it's like all my shit and I know it's my nan's apartment and technically they own it like but it's just like oh now I'm caught I fucking can't it was just like the amount of anxiety that I was keeping and it was like I wasn't even aware of for example all of my art I had so much art that was really fucking good and massive I was planning on like putting on this mini show just like in some vintage shop or whatever and I, I had these huge big paintings that I'd been working on for like over a year that were really fucking cool they were massive they were like seven foot by five foot and I I loved them and they took so much work and I'd spend my evenings like working on them and I was just trying to swallow the fact that everything I owned was gone and like I am someone who you'll see from my Instagram like I love my stuff like I really take value in like I love vintage shopping I love charity shopping I love like art I just I love my things and I'm not a big I'm not I don't think I'm flashy but like maybe I don't fucking know but like I just there's certain things that I love that I just really value like I love fucking things like I love like I have this shell that's like I use it as an ashtray and I just fucking love it I have just weird things that I've collected over the years and my house was full of that and 
and everyone would come into my house and be like oh my god it's man I love all your stuff and you know it was such a like a like a treasure trove like I love that scene in The Little Mermaid which was my favorite Disney movie where like she's amongst all those like candle bars and like things like that and her combs like I just love stuff and I couldn't like I was like I had to go home to my parents house where my sisters were still living at the time and use clothes from their wardrobe because I had no fucking clothes it was just so mad and then my parents were in the apartment and I was like oh my god I just got there was so and I was trying to keep in this lie of the fact that I had had sex again again I'd had fucking sex and um and that was just so forbidden and so like raunchy and sexual and like oh my god of course of course you were having sex you were too busy having sex that you didn't even notice the house go go up in flames you dirty slut I can't even let you go out for a drink you're shagging and the house is up in flames so I was just like oh my god I just need them not to know that that's what I'm doing when I'm going out because I felt so bad because sex my life was just so revolved around sex and the obsession with like keeping that a secret it had dictated my whole life like it was why I'd got married it was why I had unprotected sex it was just like I was trying to maintain this idea of like like a healthy way to have sex because I just it, it, it was just the way that I was brought up and the the way like in the church it was spoken about I I don't know I can't even explain it that's a fucking whole other book but anyway my mom comes home and I'm trying to gauge whether they've cottoned on to anything when they're walking in and I'm, I'm like hi hi so how, how is it how's the house they're like yeah it's completely gutted it's completely black it's so black yeah, no, you're not getting it. You're not. You're, <laughs> you're not getting anything back. I'm like, that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. Again, I'm just like focused on getting away with the fact that I've had sex, and I'm just like, I'm honestly, that's fine. It's fine. It's only stuff. It's only, only things. Who needs them? It's fine. And then my mom's like, right. So okay, the insurance. What we're gonna get? Blah blah. blah. And I'm like, well, I don't even. Just don't even give. Me, I don't need it, any money. It's fine. It's. You just get it back, you know, to where it was. You know, the insurance was Nan's apartment. I don't have any ownership over it. So just don't mind me. I'm just being as helpful as I can be and gracious in this situation as I can be. Just just so you know, mom and dad, just so you know, it doesn't matter what I was doing. And my mom's looking at me up and down like a dirty fucking trollop. And I know and she knows and I know and she and I'm like... <clears throat> dad goes upstairs and she looks at me and she's like there was a red condom in the middle of the <laughs> there was a red condom in the middle of the sitting room it didn't burn when I tell you little lippies like I went to the apartment the day after this apartment was like charcoal it was black you couldn't make out like really what anything was like there was kind of a bookshelf you could kind of make a random thing survived like photographs survived my money survived like I said my Blackberry a Tracy Emin book survived kind of it was really thick and stank of like fire there was I couldn't take any of my clothes because there was just the smell of fire it's like so gross it triggers me to this day like it's like almost sweet it's, it's horrible it's it was everywhere and even the rooms that weren't burned just was like covered in fucking soot. And the condom 
the stupid fucking well done bitch well done for fucking wrapping it up well done for not getting any STIs or pregnancies that's what you fucking get you get cut out a big red cherry condom right in the middle of the fucking sitting room there was a red condom in the sitting room I was like what bloody homeless people must have been having sex in my burnt out apartment when I wasn't there just you just don't know what there were two wine glasses I was like oh people are saying that they saw a naked man I was like I just denied it to the ground that's all I could think of doing because I was so just like overwhelmed with everything else I was just like I just I don't know that's mad (laughs) French man that's mad that's I, I told you I was out, I was out with Eva in the, in the in the Christmas fair, so I don't know what's going on with the con, the condom. It's like thanks a fucking lot, thanks a bloody lot for burning everything bar the evidence of my date. Thanks, got me in shit, got me in a hell of a load of shit, and they didn't even feel in any way sorry for me because they almost I think in their Christian heads at the time again they've progressed so much I think they were like well there she is sinning and sure the place goes up in flames like hell it just goes to show you it just goes to show you I had to live at home for about three weeks somehow I managed to get on rent allowance and I got a home and I made sure to get an apartment like that just I I realized there it was a lesson which I probably still need to learn or relearn at that point in time, it was like a lesson that I was like, I need space because I'm living my life for my fucking parents. And now I'm not able to just do things that I perceive to be quite like normal. You know, my friends are doing them. Like, I know I'm a young mom. I've had sex and I just am vilifying myself for that every time I do it or every time I think of it or fucking masturbate. And I just need to be able to like figure out how to live as a young person you know, who hasn't found someone to settle down with and who is like wanting to have sex and wanting to do all these things and also being a mom and a good one, but maybe being creative and going out and getting drunk. I was trying to figure out my space in the world as a mom, as like a person who had just hadn't, just being a young mom is wild, especially a young single mom. And especially in a world where it was just so chastised to, to, kind of it's wild looking back because I remember that thought over everything else I was like burn my shit down I'll watch it burn but I just cannot I just didn't understand how I could be myself in front of my parents and in front of society I felt like in front of my parents I had to be something and now that I was a mother I had to be something so it was a good lesson and I moved to Fairview. I had like, there was this Georgian house I lived in for a year and a half with just me and Rilo. And that's such a like happy, happy time of my life because I was away from my parents. I was just able to like live how I wanted to. Me and Rilo would dance around my apartment. We ate fish fingers and waffles and peas. I had a laptop that would burn and howl every time it was on. We'd watch Good Burger with Keenan and Kel he had his little bedroom, I read him books, I just had this like, 
I just was able to breathe and figure out who I was. And also I just really learned a lot about myself and learned to just kind of, well, it took many years, but it was the beginning process of kind of not vilifying myself for having sex and for trying to understand, like as trying to understand, like just dating and being someone who isn't, who wasn't in like a long-term serious relationship and that wasn't happening. I felt like I was trying to get that, but it wasn't happening. So I wanted to have sex and date, but I just always felt so fucking like judged for, I just never really knew how to like, I was, I found it difficult to configure what I wanted and what, what people wanted for me and what people were pushing on me. And I still fucking feel that which is mad to think of, you know, like I'll still feel, I'll see people be like, oh, she wishes she was engaged. Oh, she's just jealous. She wishes that she could have that. I, I don't wish anything. I just kind of wish I could be me. And I, I, I think that's something that I've always struggled with. I try to please other people and not just live unapologetically as me. And I, I do want to push myself to do that even more so and, and just try and, get the balance because I also do like making people happy and like m- making my friends and family happy so that was something that I, I never knew how to do both especially when you're brought up in a home that is so strictly religious I'm like how do I how do I like how do I get my parents to like me whilst disobeying what they taught me to obey so severely I don't know it was a wild time. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> if anything taught me just to fucking not use condoms. Here we are. <laughs>